One of the funnier shows that my wife Allison and I have watched during 2020, during this pandemic time, is a Canadian comedy that's been brought to Netflix called Schitt's Creek. In a really early episode, Johnny and Moira Rose accept an offer to use a cabin that's owned by the mayor of the town, Roland. Now directions are given and Johnny and Moira go off for a few days of vacation to get away from all the stress in their life. And when they arrive at the cabin, they find that the front door is locked. So eventually, Johnny finds an open window and climbs in, and they share some intimate time together. Later, when Johnny opens the door to come out into the living room, they see townspeople Bob and Gwen sitting on the couch, which makes for a really awkward conversation. It turns out Johnny and Moira had the wrong cabin all along. Today we're continuing our sermon series on Christian cliches, and today we're going to be talking about the one that says, when God closes a door, God opens a window. From the outset, this saying is trying to provide encouragement for those who've come across a roadblock in their plans. But as we can see from the episode of television that I just mentioned, sometimes when a door is closed and locked, it's because we're at the wrong address. Like most of these Christian cliches, this one comes from a place of of trying to be helpful. And I appreciate the loving motivation that's really behind this one. First, God has a plan. It's also true that God can do whatever God wants. And God does at time redirect our course in life. And God never abandons his own. The book of Hebrews chapter three, we hear God saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And there's a deep sense that this cliche that when God closes a door, God opens a window, that what we're really trying to say is that God will never leave you stranded. But even this is a bit problematic. God will never leave you, no. But will God allow you to be stranded for a while if that's what's best for you? Perhaps. So on the one hand, scripture speaks about God opening doors for us, right? Matthew chapter seven is one of my favorites. Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one for who knocks, the door will be opened. Sometimes when we arrive at a doorway in our life and we find it closed, the wisest thing for us to do is to knock. And of course, Jesus himself is in the business of opening doors, the doors to God's kingdom. In Acts 14, we're reminded that when Paul and Barnabas arrived at Antioch and gathered all of the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how God had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Thanks be to God that God's doors to God's kingdom are opened even for us. But the challenges of this cliche are many and serious. If God closes a door in your life, there is no guarantee that God will open a window. God may not open anything. God may want you to sit there. God may want you to realize that you've come to the wrong place. On this MLK weekend, with the perpetual racism and violence against people of color in our country, 
I can't help but wonder if long ago God closed the doors of bigotry and violence, and yet people continue to look for windows into this xenophobic world. Scripture is full of examples of God's spirit closing doors, windows, and other conceivable entrances to keep people from heading in the wrong direction or even from heading in the right direction just at the wrong time. Listen to this passage from Acts chapter 16. As Paul and his companions are traveling through Asia Minor and proclaiming the gospel to different communities, when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. It seems that God closes the door to Paul's ministry and Bithynia, probably for his own protection. Now, a common response to finding that our path is blocked or a door is closed is to quickly look for a window or some other entrance to where we think we ought to be going. But if we rush, if we go too quickly to look for that open window, we might miss what the closed door has to teach us. We're so quick to offload or reframe our pain and loss instead of resting in it. There are things that only pain and loss can teach us. And if our focus is always on getting away from it as quickly as possible, we miss the opportunity to become more mature in our faith, to learn something deeper about ourselves and about God. And we miss the opportunity to learn that we can in fact survive pain and loss in our lives. One of my fellow clergy colleagues recently shared with me that they had one of these closed door experiences and how important it was in their life. They learned that a situation was out of their control in order to make it what they wanted it to be. If things were going to work out, then God would have to make them work. And giving up that control was a lesson that needed to be learned and has served them well ever since. If they'd been rushing to look for an open window, instead of owning their own fear and pain and lack of control, they would have missed what that closed door had to teach them. Now my own personal story about God closing a door begins when I was just a small boy. Growing up in California, my Oma always told me that I would make a great medical doctor or a priest. My best friend, when he was diagnosed in fourth grade with juvenile diabetes, I felt called to work to find a cure for this horrible disease. And I set out at an early age to earn an MD-PhD to do medical research. After my undergraduate degree at Texas A&M, where I studied biology and chemistry and psychology, you know, I finished in three years. I had impressive extracurricular activities and leadership. I did very well on the MCAT. I applied to most of the medical schools in Texas, and I even interviewed at two of them, but I was not accepted. My mother blamed my lack of acceptance on my young age. I was 19 when I applied and 20 when I graduated. But as a person of faith who had begun to wrestle with this perceived calling into medical research a few years before, I felt pretty clearly that God was trying to redirect my life. If that door to medical research had ever actually been open, I perceived that God had closed that path to me. And it wasn't that God closed the door and then pushed me into a window of ministry. It was more like arriving at a destination that just turned out to be the wrong address. 
My discernment was then to figure out the correct address, which to be honest, took quite a period of time to figure out. But there were countless blessings, learnings, and growth opportunities on that path that led me to the closed door of practicing medicine. And while some people might see my study of biology as a waste of time, I look back at the joy and success of following what I had perceived God's path to be, even if the path did not materialize as I had planned. I love the reading that we hear in 1 Samuel today about God calling to Samuel over and over, and Samuel over and over coming to Eli to think because he thinks that it's he who's calling him. It takes no less than four times for both Eli and Samuel to understand that it is God who's calling upon Samuel and for him to finally respond, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Sometimes our own calls are this way. We don't recognize the voice that's calling out to us or the voice we think is calling us may not be the correct voice. I once heard that calling that path of our life, describes the trifecta of affinity, ability, and opportunity. Do you like it? Can you do it? And is there an open door? If the door is closed, it might be that God has something else for you entirely. What if God doesn't want you to move to that city or to take that job or enter into that relationship, whether by door or by window. Maybe God wants you to reevaluate in light of your affinity, ability, and opportunity, your internal desires, your confirmed giftings, and your actual options. So the next time you attempt to comfort a friend or family member who's run into some obstacle, instead of offering, well, whenever God closes a door, God opens a window, Spend some time and think about what you really want to communicate and how you want to share and how you can listen to be helpful to that person at the time. Instead of trying to get a loved one away from their pain, disillusionment, suffering as soon as possible, remember that God is present with us in the pain and that our role, support, friends and family, may simply to be to sit with them in solidarity rather than trying to help them get over it as quickly as possible. God will never abandon us. Finding ourselves at a closed door may actually be a gift of the Spirit, which allows us to reevaluate our perceptions of the path that we've been traveling. It may also give us space to learn important lessons that might be difficult to come by, but will make our lives better in the long run. Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, you will never abandon us. And when in our lives we come upon paths or doors that we think we should go through that we find closed, help us to remember to trust in your plan, to trust in your providence. In those times where we are frustrated, when the way seems blocked, help us to take a moment to reevaluate where we were heading, to trust in you and in your presence, and help us to be that supporting presence for our friends and family when they face similar things in their life. Thank you for the guidance that you give us, for your spirit's guidance and protection. 
and for all that you have done for us and continue to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.